What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again off of another wonderful FCS Saturday. Well, let me tell you, I had quite the eventful week. I'm excited to be back with you guys here uh, in the studio. A lot of things have happened. I'm excited uh, to talk to you. I was actually on the road uh, this last Saturday. I uh, left St. George, had some family stuff to do up in northern Utah. However, I had my wife constantly updating me on the scores. I was able to watch a few of the uh, a few of the games prior to leaving uh, that I did a little bit later, mid to late afternoon. Uh, so I was able to watch some games, got some good time thoughts, big time thoughts on it, and I am excited uh, to to bring those thoughts to you guys and and to kind of explain uh, where I thought this last week went. Now. We had a couple of really interesting matchups, like we said last week. This was kind of the death week, uh, uh, and I'm excited that we're able to discuss that today. We kind of uh, spoke about it last time. Are they weeds? Are they onions? We kind of talked about how uh, they all kind of look the same when they're growing, and uh, we go through the sifting process, the harvesting process, and we finally we figure out who are the weeds and the onions. And I, last episode, if you don't li- if you hadn't listened to it, go back and listen. A wonderful story about my my childhood in West. Utah, uh, we kind of discuss that. I, I discuss how uh, you know as we go through the sifting process of every single week of college football, we slowly get a little bit clearer picture. And the FCS is very unique in that uh, every single week it really does change. The dynamics change. Uh, you look at uh, you know the championship level when I started doing my tiers a few weeks ago. Uh, the championship single week, so we've we're changing that up. And uh, I'm just excited to, to bring that to you today. We'll kind of discuss what we saw we'll obviously do our uh our tiers and then our top 25 as always uh kind of what we're uh, we're thinking about so we're going to start off like i said last time we spoke a little bit about the wheat and the tares uh we had eastern washington against montana state and uh this was one of those games that was a, a go-either-way game. Obviously, montana state went up to eastern washington and beat them 23 to 20 um the difference maker was the the second quarter by Montana State, and uh, I think this last time we've kind of determined that uh, Montana State is an onion. Uh, despite uh, Montana State, I, I don't feel like they've had the toughest schedule, uh, and, you know, known to man. And, and as you kind of look through, you know, big time wins, big time losses, they beat the teams they're supposed to. Uh, the Weber State game really is is the best win that they had prior to it, and Weber State with the loss against Portland State looks like they're kind of falling out of contention in the Big Sky. So uh, they needed to beat Eastern Washington. They did so. Uh, I felt like I learned more about uh, Montana State about this uh, that they can handle themselves in close games. They were obviously able to beat Weber in a close game uh, in a hostile environment in Ogden on the road, and then they were able to win on the road again in Eastern Washington. So they can play in the close games, and we obviously know that they can play in blowout games. Uh, they blew out Drake, San Diego, uh, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly. They've they've had some big time wins, so we're really starting to see it. The, now um, they take on Idaho this this upcoming week, and then Montana the brawl 
all the while afterwards. And uh, I think that these guys have locked up a, a top seed. I think they're they definitely are an, an onion. I think they're a contender. I think that they're going to play really well considering everything. Uh, you know, first year coach and everything. Uh, I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see Montana State. As for Eastern Washington. Uh, I think that they we've definitely put them up against it. Uh, their best win was home against Montana. Uh, that Weber State loss does look a lot worse now that Weber State has fallen out of contention in the Big Sky, and they lose to Montana. Both of them are at home, so now they're going to have to galvanize to galvanize the season. They have to go on the road at UC Davis and get the win. Uh, the The problem with with Eastern Washington now is that there's a lot of other teams around the FCS that are playing well. Uh, you look at the Southland, UIW with the upset over over Southeast Louisiana, which we're going to get to. Uh, ETSU pulling ahead of VMI. We'll see what happens with Mercer. Uh, we have a couple of them where we get these smaller conferences that they might get two bids or three bids, and that takes away from the Missouri Valley, uh, from the Missouri Valley Football Conference, from the Big Sky, and from the CAA, uh, because the fourth or the fifth team in the Big Sky, they might put uh, you know a VMI or a Mercer or or a Southeast Louisiana, Nichols, those kinds of teams in over uh, an Eastern Washington, despite you know beating UNLV and despite beating Montana. So it really comes down to uh, it, they've got to beat UC Davis uh, to control their destiny. I think if they beat UC Davis, they are in. Uh, you know, without anything really happening uh, around with Montana, Montana State. If Montana loses that game to Montana State and uh, Eastern Eastern Washington beats UC Davis or even loses to UC Davis, Eastern Washington does have the tiebreaker, so it looks like Montana could be on the chopping block. Um, this week is going to be more so the 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 wheat or the the sorry the onion or the weed. This week for Eastern Washington, again we've put them up against it. However, it was two home games with losses. Now they're going to have to go on the road to prove it to us. Uh, the next game up was Missouri State against SIU, and this is another one of those games. Where if, if Missouri State doesn't win this game, uh, their season very well could be over, sitting sitting pretty low. If they would have lost this game, they would have been pretty low in the big sky. Uh, they do have losses to North Dakota State, Youngstown State, which is kind of a surprising one, and then an, an FBS loss, which we're not going to count against them. So they had two losses. However, if they lost to SIU... And then uh, whatever happens this week against you and I, uh, you're kind of you're you're sitting there, and then it goes back to what I said. Uh, you've got to beat you and I because you and I, with the loss against Illinois State, looks like they could be on the chopping block now, and so they're going to be fighting for everything. Uh, this was a very very important game for Missouri State, and they showed out, and that and that's what happens on these games. Now you look at SIU; they're kind of on a two game skid. But we're going to take, because we, we want to take uh, the bigger picture, uh, eventually, uh, like I said, uh, the law of physics, for every uh, reaction, there's an equal and opposite reaction, uh, and, and that's the law of physics, right? Uh, when you have, and I have the law of, of you know, I don't even know what to call it. Law of Tyler, I guess. When you win a close game, you're bound to lose a close game. When you win a big game, you're bound to lose a big game. It's, I mean, eventually, law of averages is all going to average out. You had a, a one-point win against Western Illinois and a one-point win against South Dakota. Phenomenal games. And then a three-point win over North Dakota. And North Dakota missed two uh, field goals in that game. So, so you really got a lot of luck. 
Then you've lost a five-point game, which is a close game. We, I consider that a close game against you and I. And then you lost a pretty big game uh, against Missouri State. Now, I, you know, on the way out for SIU, I still think that they're a contender because they're able to win these games. Uh, they do avoid North Dakota State. They, I think they beat Indiana State and they beat Youngstown State, uh, but they're looking, you know, third in the Missouri Valley right now. Uh, I think that they get in just just due to the wins that they were able to to get, uh, like I said, over uh, South Dakota State. And uh, but really, that's the only win that they're looking good over uh, because North Dakota looks like they've kind of dropped uh, down. You uh, and I and Missouri State both losses, so you're really going to have to show out. Uh, they might be out of a, a seeding spot with that loss to Missouri uh, with that one. But I still think that they're a really good team with that win over South Dakota State. Uh, the next one was ETSU and VMI. Now, the first, I, I watched this game. ETSU kind of jumped out. I felt like VMI was kind of shooting themselves in the foot. They didn't really know. It felt like the moment was a little bit too big. And then they kind of came back. And uh, ETSU kind of has a habit of doing this where I feel like they, 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 they're, they're in control of the game. And then all of a sudden, you, you look down, and you're like, how the heck are we here? Uh, they beat Samford in overtime, 55-48. Uh, to 48. The following week, ETSU beats Wofford, and Wofford had a chance. If Wofford was able to get the ball down the field and make a couple of passes, they win that game, but they beat him by five. And um, obviously, the loss against Chattanooga, which was ugly, and a close win against Furman. I think this team is bound for a close loss, and uh, I think they beat Western Carolina. I, I, I think they're still kind of rebuilding um, there, but that Mercer game is looking uh, of paramount importance uh, as far as it goes. I mean, ETSU has, I mean, they're kind of in control of their destiny with only one loss, but uh, you know, I feel like they always let these teams, these backdoor, if you were to say covers, uh, kind of like uh, uh, in the betting world, uh, but really interesting there. VMI like I said, I felt like the moment was a little bit too big. They came on strong at the end. Not enough. Same thing last week against Sanford. They let Sanford get out ahead of them. Uh, I don't know. I think with that loss, uh, I mean, you might get a three-way tie between the three of them at the top, which would not be ideal. But then uh, with with Mercer and uh, you know, VMI and ETSU. And, and, and then we're completely disregarding Chattanooga. If, if Mercer beats Chattanooga and beats ETSU, uh, then they'll go in with only the one loss over VMI. Uh, but if there's some losses, I mean, the SoCon I still feel like is pretty up for grabs, but I feel like that VMI loss, despite having a winning season, could knock them out because of what we're seeing in the Missouri Valley and in the Big Sky. Uh, finally, another one that we asked, Onion or Weed, or Onion or Weed was uh, South Dakota State. They came out, they are firing on all cylinders. I loved the way they played, and uh, they were able to get the win, which is of, of paramount importance. I feel like South Dakota State uh, is surging at this moment. I still think that they're, they're a top uh, four team. I think that, that, that we're going to be seeing them. I, I would not want, uh, I believe that they get a seed. I would not want to be going to South Dakota in uh, you know November, December time. It's really cold. We're going to have snow, stuff like that. You don't want to do that at home. The Jackrabbits played well. They were able to keep the Dakota marker 27-19. And then finally, Southeast Louisiana and UIW a UIW team that I have absolute confidence in and uh, I mean you guys know that I've talked a lot about UIW on this this uh, podcast I've been impressed with them they lost the first game of the season in overtime uh, really kind of starting to forget about that they did lose to McNeese State you did play them twice it's really difficult to beat a team twice which makes it even mean more nervous this next week against Nichols uh, they did beat Southeast Louisiana and uh, I believe that that Southeast Louisiana 
in two weeks' time, takes on Nichols. So uh, the Southland isn't determined yet. UIW holds, uh, you know, the, their, the fate of the what they, you know, their destiny in the, in the palm of their hands. Uh, but they've got to go again to play Houston Baptist. Um, the Southland's not doing too much of a service to their members, trying to get a couple teams in where you have to play, you know, multiple teams in a year. I, I understand that, you know, conference scheduling, uh, a lot of big conference shakeups. Really difficult here, and uh, so there you go. I think UIW turned out to be an onion, and uh, you know I think that if UIW beats Nichols and Southeast Louisiana beats Nichols, uh, I, I believe that Southeast Louisiana gets in, uh, but UIW will have the automatic bid with the tiebreaker over them. And uh, so we'll see what happens. Those were kind of the, the onion and the weeds this last week, and we'll obviously be getting into it a little bit more this week. Um, before I jump into my tears, I had a question uh, that was brought to me by, by uh, a DM through Twitter. Uh, one of the people, they asked me, they said, hey, Tyler, I have a question. Why on your podcast do you not talk about conference realignment that much? And uh, I want to say that you to this, uh, there's a lot of people that cover the FCS. There's a lot of uh, podcasts. There's a lot of websites. There's a lot of everything out there. Uh, it, it's out there. One of the things that I constantly believe in is, is get it right. Don't try to be right. Uh, I like to wait. I'm a little bit more uh, not reactionary. I don't want to wait in, in, in the moment. I want to take a big step back and look at you know the root of the cause and, and follow trends through through the lens of macro, a uh, macro sense instead of a micro sense. Uh, that's kind of my, you know, is that a one-off game or are we starting to see a pattern here? Uh, that's what I'm saying with, with ETSU. They look really, really good on paper, but they've had some really, really close wins. They're bound to have a regression. I said that about SIU a couple weeks ago. Losses to UNI, losses to Missouri State. So why do I not talk about conference realignment under these circumstances? And I say to this, conference realignment talk is just like playing in the mud as a kid, spinning your, your tires in the mud. We've all done it. We've all gone out in the trucks, gotten mudding. It's a whole ton of fun, right? It's a lot of fun to do it. But where does it get you? A lot of times, you, you might your your truck might get stuck. You can be sitting there as it's going, the wheels are spinning. But but where does it get you? It doesn't get you anywhere. It's just something fun to talk about. At the end of the day, you're gonna go back dirty. You're gonna say that you had a lot of fun, but has anything changed? Until these conferences make these decisions, like the decision with Sam Houston going up to the FBS, then I will talk about it. I will talk about it then after I see it. Once when the dust settles. I will do a conference realignment talk. We'll have a wonderful discussion. We should talk about D2 teams that should be coming up to FCS and what other FCS teams might make the jump to FBS. That would be wonderful. They've obviously came out with some new institutional guidelines going between the different divisions. But until then, I will react once when the dust settles because I might be standing on the table yelling that Liberty should be in the American Athletic and oops, now they're in the CUSA. And now I kind of look dumb for doing so. And that's not something that you need to, that I feel like I need to be right about. I just feel like I want to talk about that, right? So, so I'm just going to wait. Give it some time. I know you guys have you've asked for my thoughts. That's the, the, it's not a really fun thought. But thank you for the, the, for the submission of the question. But that's where I'm at. Spinning, spinning your tires in the mud. Whole lot of fun. Where does it get you? We'll wait until the, the dust settles as far as conference realignment goes. So here we go. Uh, we've kind of cut down our tiers a little bit. Uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, the, the wheat and the tares. Uh, or sorry, the wheat and the onions. I put wheat and tares uh, as, as both. Um, 
But I, I have a few different uh, tiers this week. Cutting it down, we're starting to see a little bit more uh, of the teams that will be getting into the FCS playoffs. So for the championship or bust, I have Sam Houston, uh, North Dakota State, JMU, South Dakota State, and Villanova. I think these teams, all of them, have incredibly talented teams. I think that they are uh, teams that we'll be seeing, we'll be talking about a lot as far as the 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 FCS playoffs are concerned. They're the championship or bust level. Uh, I think Sam Houston's the most balanced team. I think they've played the best. They're the best team that I've seen. They've, their highs are not super high. Their lows are not super low. What you get with Sam Houston is what you get with Sam Houston. And I think there's a lot to that. Uh, but I think these other teams will give Sam Houston a, a, a challenge. And so uh, the next one, Last week, we obviously did our, our, our weeds and onions. So here are our onions, Montana State, Missouri State, ETSU, and UIW. We're going to consider these guys onions. They're all, they all hold their fate. They all hold their path uh, to the FCS playoffs. I think all four of these teams will be there. Uh, despite my love for Mercer, I, I, I think ETSU is playing great football. Even if Mercer does beat them and Mercer beats Chattanooga and gets the, the SoCon, I think you would even make an argument with only two losses, uh, an ETSU team team would get in over, you know, uh, maybe a South Dakota or a UNI or uh, Montana for, for that matter. This week, we have the same question. Weed or onion? Uh, South Dakota's taking on SDSU, South Dakota State. Uh, it is time to re- where we see the Coyotes and where they really fall. The next couple of weeks for South Dakota is really going to show me what they're made of. With the loss to Kansas, we're not really going to consider that. But they, they lost to Missouri State, close loss, good loss. And they lost to Illinois State by six. And Illinois State just beat uh, uh, UNI. So I guess we'll have to maybe even consider them as a long shot. But Illinois State is towards the bottom of the the uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference. But as you're looking at South Dakota with losses to Missouri State and to uh, Illinois State, if you don't win uh, one of the next two against South Dakota State or North Dakota State, I don't think that you get in. Uh, you know, your best win you'd be hanging your hat on would be you and I. And we don't even know if you and I is going to be able to get in with their loss to Illinois State this last Saturday. And yeah, you might have gotten that win, but if you lose the last two, uh, you're really you've got to have more than one victory to get in. So this next week, uh, South Dakota's got to prove: are they a weed? Are they an onion? They've got the next two weeks to do so. If they lose to South Dakota State but beat North Dakota State, there's a potential for them to be, you know, the bubble team of all bubble teams at the very end of the day. Uh, but right now, that's this is the week to do so. And the next one, uh, weed or onion, and this is a, a team that I have uh, talked about a lot on this this channel as well because uh i really like them and that is uh william and mary william and mary uh what is going on we're kind of getting uh uh, some interesting results a loss to maine 16 to 27 but go and beat villanova with an absolute beat down 31 to 18 and then drop a stinker to delaware 3 to 24 where delaware we almost had written them off and they're kind of resurging back uh, for William and Mary, in my opinion, to get in or to have any kind of uh, you know chance by the by the committee to look at them is a win against James Madison. Uh, then you'd kind of muddy up the water and hopefully you know you get your win. So 
with William and Mary, I, I, I'm split, and uh, they're going to have to they're going to have to prove them again. Uh, the biggest thing for these on the bubble teams is muddying up the water, uh, because you're going to if you can hang your hat with a win against Villanova and JMU, uh, you get that win. Again, we're we're talking, you get in over uh, a fifth place Missouri Valley Football Conference team. You get over a fifth pla- fifth place uh, Big Sky team. Montana, EWU is on the chopping block. Maybe even Sacramento State, UC Davis. Those kinds of teams, you know, you're starting to really look at it. And as it comes down to it and how the results come across, uh, you want to muddy it up for the committee. So this is the week, uh, you know, James Madison, William & Mary, you're at home. Uh, this is for all the marbles. Really excited to watch that one. Uh, the next one is... Um, EWU against uh, UC Davis. I'll hold my criticism with EWU this week. Uh, If they're able to go on the road and beat UC Davis at UC Davis, where UC Davis, uh, you know, in my opinion, has had a fairly easy uh, up until this point. Uh, They do have a win against Tulsa, which will be helping them. They drop a bad, bad loss against Idaho State. And that Weber State win, again, you can't really hear. I mean, it's an okay win where now they're middle of the big sky. Um, These next two weeks for for UC Davis, even if they lose to EWU, are going to be huge with win. They need to beat uh, Eastern Washington or Sacramento State. I think you can split this and uh, you still get in. I think that UC Davis is a good football team. It's just hard, uh, you know, week in, week out to, to determine it when you're playing, uh, you know, Idaho or Northern Colorado. Uh, but this is the week we really see, you know, what EWU and UC Davis. Again, EWU, you're on the road. This is this is for all the marbles. This is for you. And uh, Montana is, I feel like their hopes are kind of resting with EWU as well. Uh, because if, if they lose to Montana State and EWU loses to Davis... Uh, I think EWU gets the nod over them with with the uh, strength of schedule and with the you know the direct win over them. Next up, we have U and I. Uh, they do take on Missouri State and uh, Northern Iowa has been one of those other teams that have kind of been up and down. Losses to North Dakota State and South Dakota, and an overtime loss against Illinois State. Uh, the last play of the game was very looked discombobulated. Uh, they even call a timeout. Uh, with that fourth down to, to go ahead for it on uh, in in overtime, uh, again this there I think their the fate of their season rests on their ability to be Missouri State and you're on the road. I think that's a difficult environment to go into. Uh, Missouri State looked great last week. We'll see if they kind of have a regression this week or if they come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, but you and I, this is this is your week that we determine. And the next one, we have Mercer against Chattanooga. Both of them are uh, sitting pretty, tied with ETSU. And so Chattanooga, uh, they do have losses to VMI, uh, Kentucky, and Austin P, which the Austin P loss looks pretty bad. Uh, however, was that the first of the season? I, I definitely, I think as the season progresses, if you have bad losses in the middle of the season, I think they weigh more than at the beginning of the season. Uh, the Austin P one, not looking great. Uh, but then you're starting to look. Uh, this is this again. This is for all the marbles. You beat Mercer, uh, and then you have to beat the Citadel, which is a pesky team. But you most certainly can. Uh, you control your path to the playoffs. And uh, for Mercer, these next two weeks are of paramount importance. You're going to take on uh, ETSU and Chattanooga. Uh, I I love Mercer. I love this team. This this year, I've, there's been nothing more that I want to cheer for them. Uh, they dropped a stinker against VMI at home, and they're able to beat Chattanooga. 
And, uh, you know, with Chattanooga would then have two losses. They lose to ETSU. I don't think they get two people in because then or the ETSU kind of goes ahead of everybody. I don't know if they get the second one because everyone's going to have beaten everyone. Uh, so that would be a really interesting uh problem that they'd find themselves in. They do only play 10 games this year. That might be something. This is, uh, they had a bye week. Uh, When you really find out if a team is legit is coming off their bye week. And then uh, finally, Nichols we kind of talked about it with the Southland. Uh, I, I don't think they're a, a super good football team, uh, but they could really make it hard on the Southland Conference. If they're able to beat one of the next two games. I don't think that they get in. I think it would be holding somebody back, uh, like a UIW or a Southeast Louisiana. Uh, I feel like they're shot. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but uh, they could definitely muddy up the waters. Um I'm still waiting, still waiting on Sacramento State and Montana. We'll determine if they're a weed or an onion. Uh, and then the the teams that I just love to cheer for. I love Mercer. I love UT Martin. I love UIW. I love Rhodey. Uh, there's just a couple of teams that they, they kind of do these, uh, William and Mary, they kind of do these upstart teams. They're super fun to cheer for, and I'm excited to watch them. Uh, and then we have the automatic qualifiers, Sacred Heart. Uh, I believe that they'll walk up the NEC. Uh, Kinnishon, Monmouth, really difficult. I know I don't talk about the Big South a lot, Mainly because I think uh, Kennesaw State is uh, always overrated. I feel like they uh, they play in a in, in a conference that's not super great, and uh, they're they're good. I'm not going to say that they're not. I think that they deserve to be in the top 25. But when I saw them play against Weaver, and Weaver was able to beat them, now it was a close game. I think the way that the style of offense they play, they'll always be in close games. But I would like to see you know Kennesaw State uh, take on a North Dakota State or South Dakota State or or even in the you know, put them in the SoCon and see him play against a, a, a VMI and ETSU or a Mercer. And then you have a Monmouth team who, who at the beginning of the season, you know, played some just some more difficult teams and, and, and you're starting to look at it. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, they're another one of those where they're kind of a tandem. Uh, I do like Campbell out of the Big South. I would like, not, I, I'm not an advocate to, to destroying conferences, but I would like to see uh, a Southern Conference I, I, or, you know, Big South kind of com- maybe combined with the the Atlantic Sun. I don't know. There's something that we could do because I feel like we've, we're kind of fragmented there and uh, we'd see a little bit, maybe a couple better uh, football games or, or something along those lines. Uh, but that's why I, I, I know I don't talk a ton about them um but those, one of those two teams will definitely be getting the automatic qualifying uh it looks like davidson holy cross as well will be getting that uh that qualifying and uh, i'm excited to i'm excited to be discussing that and uh once we get closer we're a couple weeks out two weeks left and uh hopefully we get a little bit clearer picture as it goes on but knowing the fcs and the parity that we have uh it will get all muddied up and it will just make it even better so to finally, uh, to wrap up, we'll do our top 25. Starting at 25, we have Holy Cross. 24, throwing in Stephen F. Austin. I think that they uh, they still have destiny. They can control themselves uh, like them with a big-time win this week. Uh, 23, VMI. 22, I have Chattanooga. 21, I have UNI. 20, I do have Monmouth. Uh, 19, I have Mercer. 18, I have South Dakota. 17, Kennesaw State. 16, Southeast Louisiana. 15 Montana, 14 SIU, 13 Missouri, 12 UT Martin. That's another team that that will go down as an automatic qualifier. I don't know what to do with UT Martin. Uh, They're playing absolutely outstanding football uh, out of the Ohio Valley. I wish they would have played Jacksonville State. Uh, Well, I believe... uh, 
in conference. It would have made it uh, a little bit more interesting, but they had, they ended up leaving, and now they're going on to bigger and better things. But they did beat them 34-31. to When you really start to look at their record, they've won the games that they're supposed to win. I mean, they did beat Samford, a, a middle SoCon team. They beat Northwestern uh, State. Uh, this is a team, and, and Austin P. that game took absolute grit to come back on. They do play SEMO twice. That could be difficult, but I think they, uh, far and away, uh, get the automatic qualifier out of the, the Ohio Valley. Uh, have them at 12. Number 11, I have UIW, a team that I love and I've been following for quite some time now. 10, ETSU. 9, UC Davis. 8, Villanova. 7, Eastern Washington. Uh, 6, North Dakota State. 5, Sacramento State. 4, South Dakota State. 3, JMU. 2, Montana State. And number 1, Sam Houston. Don't love doing rankings. Like doing the tiers a little bit more. Um, It was a little bit difficult this week, though, with the whole Montana State and uh, EWU atop. uh, You know, where do I put them? Uh, If EWU loses this game, Obviously, Davis goes ahead of them, and uh, Sacramento State's another one of those teams that keep on winning, and they're doing what they're supposed to, but I just don't know uh, really what to do with them. I mean, they beat Montana, and uh, the only other really difficult game I feel like they've faced is Northern Iowa at home, and they lost. And so uh, they do take on Portland State, who just coming off a big-time win against uh, Weaver State and, and then UC Davis. Uh, it would be interesting to see. Uh, this is one of the another one where if uh, Sacramento State beats Portland State, we can play out the scenario. Uh, they don't don't have any Big Sky losses, and then they lose to UC Davis. They'd have one Big Sky loss, right? And uh, you'd be looking at it and. That's when, like, a Montana, uh, Sacramento State is going to get the nod over Montana. Now, we don't have an Eastern Washington, so we don't have that direct comparison. Uh, but but that's where it's going to get muddy for the committee, and it's going to be hard to, to determine. Uh, I mean, they did take on Cal, uh, and they do play in the Big Sky, so they do take on... Uh, you know, they have more conference games, uh, but they did play Northern Iowa and lost, and they did beat Dixie State, my alma mater here. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, this next week. Uh, like I said, I think the, the, the picture gets a little bit clearer. Uh, the, I think rankings are a little bit arbitrary, but I like it. I'll keep on doing it just because I know I've had a lot of people when I didn't do it. Like, what's going on with you? You need to uh, do it. So, of course, we'll be doing it. And then as we get closer, I do not make <coughs> any... FCS playoffs predictions. Obviously, we'll know the, the automatic qualifiers, uh, and we can kind of decipher who we think are. You know, uh, there's going to be people trying to guess the seating and stuff like that. Uh, I'm just going to guess to try to who who gets in uh, more so than than places and stuff like that. I'm going to be really excited. I cannot wait until we get the FCS playoffs at full strength again. Uh, I think the committee is going to have some interesting choices between SoCon teams, CAA teams, uh, Big Sky. Uh, those kinds of things are going to be really interesting. Uh, as far as, like I said, as seeding goes and, and where they're playing what kind of games because uh, the, the Dakota schools have a big-time advantage when you're bringing them up. Uh, it's cold. The Fargo Dome, big-time uh, you know, help on theirs, uh, advantage maker. Uh, finally, we're going to finish off with uh, the Dixie Corner uh, at the very end of the show. Uh, you guys know that I went, my alma mater, Dixie State University here in beautiful and sunny St. George, Utah. Uh, they, were, they lost this last Last week against Sam Houston, can't fault them. They were in the whack. Uh, I, I cracked a joke to one of my friends. I said, uh, Sam Houston's leaving because they don't want to play Dixie State. And uh, he thought it was funny, but then we, we ended up losing 59-10. to 10. We do take on Ford Lewis this next week. 
I think that Dixie State will beat Fort Lewis. I don't think, and I might be wrong, I, I did not look this up, but I don't think that Dixie State lost to Fort Lewis. When I when I came to Dixie State, uh, we were in the Pac West uh, Conference, and uh, there was a lot of California, Hawaii teams, and for whatever reason, and I because I was a freshman, I didn't really know the, the ins and outs, but we moved to the RMAC Conference, and uh, the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, it was a lot harder, uh, but that's where Fort Lewis plays at, is in the RMAC uh, with Adam State, uh, Colorado School of Mines, New Mexico Highlands, uh, those kind of teams, they play in the RMAC, uh, CSU Pueblo, some some really good football teams, amazing cross-country teams, the, arguably the best cross-country uh, conference in, honestly, the nation as far as dominance goes, uh, some really fast kids there, I was in the cross-country realm, so I knew it, and then... Uh, we knew, it, and then we obviously moved to the WAC, and that was my last year. Uh, it was COVID, so I wasn't able to compete. They had canceled my season, but moved to the WAC, and so I'm grateful that we're in the WAC, uh, and I'm excited to to get the WAC at full strength. And it looks like some some more teams might be joining the WAC. I think they said that Lamar might be joining for football. I don't know. I don't know that to be certain. I mean, uh, come one, come all. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but it's funny how how Dixie State's kind of went from the California to to the the Rocky Mountain, the Colorado uh, schools, and now we're kind of down into Texas and stuff. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, to, to follow this team. And but like I said, against Fort Lewis, I think that they win. Uh, we'll get our first uh, win of the season. And then we'll be looking at uh, Missouri State uh, the next, the following weekend. And I am more than happy to be going to that one and seeing the Bears play and really to see how far Dixie State has come. Uh, I watch every single one of their games on TV uh, because I'm not able to travel all the way to uh, to Texas to see him take on Sam Houston or, or even to Delaware. Uh, but I try to watch him and uh, we'll always be supporting them here and following them. They extended Coach Peterson, which I think is a brilliant idea. Uh, I believe it's through 2026. I know he did get, a, get an extension, so I'm excited to see what Dixie State does in the next couple of years as they continue to build and the WAC becomes a football conference. And then as well as a rivalry, hopefully we can get that started with SU you uh they are taking on suu in basketball and uh i believe it's on friday uh and i'll be at that game as well uh my wife graduated from suu i graduated from dixie state uh you know i believe it only is separated by 40 miles the two campuses maybe 47 miles uh really exciting to for for southern utah and uh it's too bad that weaver state can't join uh suu dixie state uh uvu obviously not football or and nau uh down in, in northern arizona in flagstaff it's only a couple hours from where i'm sitting right now so uh but of course love dixie and always talk about them at the very end so this has been another edition of get the ball rolling Another week has passed us by. It's been fun to talk about. We'll find out a little bit more as the weeds and the onions. And then uh, next week, we might do our playoff predictor, uh, who I think is going to get in the 24 teams. And then we'll have our final revision. I I feel like I'm allowed to have a revision. We'll do our final revision uh, after... after everything kind of settles down next week and uh, before we get ready for that selection Sunday. This has been Get the Ball Rolling. Continue to comment, like, rate, review, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button, of course, so you get notified when I release a new podcast. Thank you guys for your support, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. Keep the ball rolling.